You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 419. In this episode, I talk to Lucy Sajahan about how to find the right partner and actually yourself. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today I speak with Lucy Sajahan, an international love coach who teaches women to be their own soulmate before attracting the right partner. Lucy has taken her business to seven figures and has recently published her first book on how to attract your soulmate relationship. In this episode, we talk about how to find the right partner and of course, yourself. Before we dive in, I just did my first seven figure launch the one I have been waiting for for a long time. And I want to tell you all about it. In my upcoming masterclass, Lessons from a 7-Figure Launch, I will tell you my most valuable lessons, why it took me a while to get there, what I still want to do differently next time. And I'll also go through all my other launches that I've done in the past few years so you see the patterns for a great launch. Go to the show notes at signal.com forward slash 419, where you find the link to sign up for the Lessons from a 7-Figure Launch Masterclass, plus all the links to Lucy Sajahan. I'm so excited to be here with Lucy Sajahan and talk about how to find a man or maybe even find yourself, Lucy, uh, I was introduced to you by my friend, Selena Zhu, and all friends of Selena are automatically my friends. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sigrun. I'm very excited to dive into this juicy conversation with you. Yes. So I work with female online entrepreneurs. I take them from zero to seven figures. And we do an exercise called Wheel of Life once a year, or maybe twice a year. And... Uh, then I asked them to rate on a category, uh, like from one to 10, eight categories in their life. And it's uh, business, finance, health, romance, uh, you know, their home or their office environment, uh, uh, fun, uh, friends and family and all that stuff. Uh, so I'm typically focusing on the business and the finance side, but often it comes up that the romance piece is at zero. It's like sub-zero, they say, some of them. And these are very successful women and they're building their businesses. And obviously they're in my programs and working with me because they want to grow. They want to make more money, go to seven figures and beyond. But uh, And then the romance piece come up and I say, well, I don't do that. Uh, so I'm glad that we are here today to talk about the romance piece uh, because some women feel like they got to go looking once they have achieved everything. And 
So, but before we go into all of that, I know this is a very juicy topic and people are all excited. Oh, I want to know how to do this. How come you're doing this? Like what's, what's your story? I'm doing this because I used to suck at love. I am definitely that type A driven, uh, was massively wearing a badge of honor that, you know, I was independent and strong for so many years until I realized that that identity was actually stopping me from attracting in the type of relationship that I really wanted more than anything. And I had inherited that way of being from having a very strong mother, you know, lost my father at a very young age. And she's just such a phenomenal woman. And she was in this, I've got this, we're going to be fine. Just, you know, we don't need to sit around crying. Let's just get on with it. So I, as a little girl, the age of eight, really took that deeply into my cells of like, hey, you know, no time for feeling right now. Let's just keep on keeping on. And that was directly in opposition of the deeper part of me, that more vulnerable part of me, that soft, beautiful fragility that we all have within us that sometimes are really scared to show in case it's not received or, you know, in case it's rejected. And from losing my dad so suddenly, uh, I truly am my father's daughter and a piece of me died that day and the walls came up instantly in that moment when I was told that he died, it was a sudden thing. I remember almost making this contract saying, I will never let myself get hurt again. I will never leave my heart open like that. And I'll never forget the the scream and the cry that went with that as a little girl, as my world just tilted on its axis that day. And so I didn't really get this Sigrun that subconsciously I was not available for love. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, being the fun one at school, living with that, you know, that jazz hands and presenting that I'm, you know, got it all together, hiding and dimming that very deep feeling and sensitive part of myself that was actually very connected to the universe. And I decided then, nope, I'm going to shut that down. Until I got to 31, it's a long time, it's age eight to 31, there was always the intimacy and connection piece missing in relationships. I don't mean sex. I mean really letting someone see me, really letting someone in. Nope. Was, that was like off limits. And I had a wake-up call. Um, I'll never forget. I was sitting in, I was very hungover. I'd been out the night before and I saw this picture on Facebook of me and my friends at my friend's 30th birthday and I saw this girl all dressed up, dead eyes. And I, it, for some reason, this picture was speaking to me saying, I, I literally was just, whoa, who is that woman? Who have I become? Leading this life that is, it's, it's fake. Like that woman there is devastated. She's not where she wants to be. You know, it's all just pretending, pretending, pretending. I wasn't being fully authentic. I wasn't bringing in these parts of myself. And so on that day, I think I cried for the next two days. As I looked around my life, I was in a job that wasn't in alignment, was paying great, wasn't in alignment, wasn't using my gifts, nothing to do with my heart. Living on Sydney Harbour, the most beautiful life on paper, you could imagine, beautiful friends, house in the country, holidays, and yet I felt dead inside and not just dead inside but separate from myself, numb. Mm. And I rang my mum that day and I said, I'm quitting my job. I don't know what's next, but I am not going to go another decade like this because I don't know where Lucy has gone. I said, but this ain't it. 
And, you know, it was interesting, Sigrun, because at the time I'd been making vision boards and going to workshops of self-development and watching The Secret 35,000 times. But it was, I was never letting it penetrate me. I was, it was like I was taking it into here and avoiding the depths and the, the shadows and the unresolved grief, resentment, trauma, not enoughness. I wasn't going there. And I realised that I was just dabbling and intellectualising with this whole self-love mm. and getting frustrated with it because I was like, hey, where's my $100,000? The secret said just be positive and blah, blah, blah. And it's a great book, but it's missing out about what's your truth? Mm. And let that ugly, raw, beautiful truth come to the surface. Stop pushing it down. Stop hiding behind being busy. Stop with the overachieving to feel validated and worthy. And that's when I went on this trajectory of I'm going to be heart-led. I'm going to stop asking every man and their dog for their opinion on what I should be doing. Stop with the people-pleasing, overcompensating, nonsense. And in that one moment, crying a river for two days, again, even on every weekend I was hungover, I was like, this has got to stop. You've got to wake up, Lucy, and get conscious about your life mm. and that you're dimming your light and you're not living on purpose and you're a hot mess basically. And I'm so glad that I let that, that truth kind of like an avalanche, you know, really hit me and knock me down to my knees because so often we're in avoidance of our truth. We don't want to, we don't want to be with our pain. We don't want to feel like a failure. In fact, we don't want to feel full stop. And that's where I see so many entrepreneurs get into burnout and, overachieving where they make their millions but they're like uh what's all this for I'm still empty Mm. so I'm just really excited to have this chat with you because yes make seven figures eight figures make as many figures as you want but that age-old saying of it really is the journey that matters if we're not enjoying the journey and and honestly like reveling in our success along the way and and really experiencing our relationships very presently with with ourselves, but also with the people around us then I, I say what's it all for what did you do as a result of this revelation like how did you find yourself so to speak I quit my job I had realized that the little voice within said if I could do anything I would act and I said but you can't do that Lucy you're too old now you've missed the boat so I was talking myself out of it before I even allowed the thought to to come through. And then I said, right, what do I need to do if I'm going to act at 31? Because even though that's young in the acting world, that was quite old, like 24 is like the peak, right? So anyway, I said, right, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to audition for this top acting school. I have no idea. There's no certainty in acting, but I said, I've got to go and see, you know, this dream through. And so I did, I got into the acting school, went, did extremely well, oh, my goodness, I got pulled apart in the best possible ways on this journey of deep self-development where my teacher said to me, yeah, you're technically very good. And this coach is like Nicole Kidman. She's like this 70-year-old like panther. And she said, you don't even know what vulnerability is. And I said, no, I don't. And she said, and when you do and you're going to act from that place, forget about it. It's going to be amazing. And I said, whatever I have to do to be vulnerable, show me. Mm. Said, you've got to let us in. Yeah. We've got to be able to feel you. Mm. And it was so foreign to me, Sigrid. And I was like, what do you mean? I mean, I'm acting. I'm doing the part. She said, you're doing the part. You're not being and feeling. And that directly, when I looked at my life, I went, 
oh, art imitates life. And I said, oh, wow, have I got a big gaping hole in the way I'm living? And it was just such food for the soul. I was like, oh, my God, yes, let me do this vulnerability thing. And it was at the time when Rockstar Brené Brown's YouTube video went viral. So I'm watching that. I'm hearing my singing teacher talk about vulnerability. And I was like, I want that. And I made that my mission. And so to answer your question, I made that the priority to do whatever it was going to take to get rid of all my bodyguards, all my protection, my independence, this masculine. And I said, I've got to, I've got to let people in. And that was when not only my acting career started to take off, I was given the role of Hillary Clinton to play in a one woman show. And I said, she's not vulnerable. I go, give me Marilyn Monroe. She said, you don't know your power to your player. And I said, I don't know what that means, but I can tell you right now that I'm feeling that whatever you're saying is truth. So I decided, I then said yes to playing Hillary, which was scary. She's still alive. It was before the election. I actually met her and she wrote me a letter. That's a whole other thing. But I played the version of Hillary where I also brought in her humanity and her vulnerability. Mm. And so this unearthed that part of me, Sigrun, and then stepping into Hillary's shoes, I then stepped into my own leadership. And so it was in the middle and the height of my acting career that I felt this deeper calling on my heart, which brings me to the love coach piece. And I'd known since like I was a little girl, I was meant to inspire and motivate people. I just knew it. But I kept saying, oh, when I'm 65, when I've had children, when I'll do it then. And I realized in, <laughs> Same here. in that, yeah. And I went, cause they were so out of my comfort zone with the show. Mm-hmm. I said, if I don't say yes to this deeper calling and I died tomorrow, would I be okay with that? And the answer was no, I'd be dying with the music inside of me. So I literally, in the middle of this career, I said yes to a deeper calling and I pivoted and I said, I'm going to go and inspire women to literally follow their dream and then that morphed into so many people coming to me for their dream when really they actually wanted to attract their soulmate they were all professional women and then of course I was on such a journey Mm -hmm. to heal my abandonment and my grief and my not enoughness and all that stuff and I attracted in my soulmate in New York City which is a tough place to meet people and so I was already doing such a big journey and I realized oh I've, I've attracted him in and it certainly wasn't the type of men I was attracting in before. So I was like, oh, I'm in a place where I'm now ready to lead others. And then I created my signature program, Soul to Soul, which is an eight-week program, and it goes incredibly deep. And women that have done therapy for over 10, 15, 20 years will come and do this and start shifting right away. So I just wanted to give you the backstory of sort of how I landed here because I think it's really great as well for your beautiful, beautiful community to hear that at any given moment, if you're having like a stronger calling or even with your business, you might be like, oh, but I want to go play over in that space. If that's where your heart wants to go, who are you to get in the way of that? Because when we really are living in alignment with our truth and with what's calling us, the abundance follows. Mm. Very true. So it doesn't matter if you've been doing something for 10 years, stop flogging a dead horse if you're not actually feeling lit by it and go, What feels the juiciest thing for me right now? Is my business aligned? Am I loving my clients? Am I loving what I'm doing? Is there momentum here? And if it's not, don't beat yourself up. Just say, what is it inside of me right now that I would feel just so pumped to do? 
Yeah. Great. I love how you, uh, how your story is, uh, actually a story of so many women who, uh, don't feel they can follow their dreams. Uh, you know, my, my story, my why is I saw women when I was 16 years old that said they couldn't follow their dreams. And so I said, I decided myself that I would become that role model to always follow my team. But yeah. So what is it about, uh, you know, women who professional or entrepreneurs, I don't think it really matters here. I would say highly ambitious women, they're used to success, uh, but they are driven by significance. If we want to use the six human needs of Tony Robbins, uh, because I identify a lot with that several years ago, uh, driven by significance, but actually I had a wake up call 2008 where I decided I wanted love to be driven by love and connection instead of significance. What is it that they might be missing? Like, do they think they'll just find the man on the way to significance or they're putting love on the side? Like you said, it's a journey. Uh, it's not a destination. And then at the end of the destination, it all will become magically kingdom and you become the queen. Yes, I, I, I can absolutely answer that. Um, what I find is I have women coming to me, done Harvard, you know, PhDs, multiple, you know, um, they're, they're really big achievers and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's fantastic to have that ambition and drive and go get attitude. Just for me, the shift was really going a bit deeper as to where is this coming from? Like, is it because I'm wanting to get recognition deep down from my mum to be proud of me? Is it that I need people to see me and so I'm just really doing everything I can when really I need to see me and I need to approve of me? And so that's the first thing is to look at where is your drive and ambition actually coming from? Mm. And you might say, oh, no, Lucy, it's nothing to do with my parents. Well, I invite you to actually really take this in and to go back to the little you when you were about three or four. And what, what you know, did you have to work really hard to receive love? Was mum maybe not present, working a lot? Dad maybe also not that present? Because it starts at a very young age. And what, what I see is that women are so busy in this proving energy. It's like autopilot. They haven't stopped to question it. And then suddenly it's like, oh, and I've just got to get the man. It's like I've got to get that piece of the puzzle and just slot that in. Tick box, tick box. He's got to have, you know, got this degree and done this. He's got to have a good family. And so the way they're showing up to love is with their CEO hat on, with their masculine, and it's like an interview, very, very disconnected from the heart. And they keep getting let down in love where they're not the priority. And that's because they're not making themselves the priority. They're overworking, over-delivering at work, working the long hours, not getting that pay rise. And it's all this lack energy underneath. And it's actually addictive because it's like, oh, at least I'm working and I'm doing. And they've got this whole belief you've got to work really, really hard to get ahead. you got to work really, really hard to do well. And that's what's feeding them versus, hang on, I need to prioritize self-care and self-love and pleasure and feeling. And that is the huge paradigm shift that I see with my very cerebral, very brilliant women. Mm. <laughs> they come to me, they're like, it's just the man, it's just the man, it's just the man. It's just... And then about three weeks into the program, their jaws are like, oh, it's nothing to do with the man. 
they realised that they felt abandoned and so they in turn abandoned themselves and have just been on this absolute treadmill. And so they're going like that with themselves instead of being in this beautiful soulmate relationship where they're deeply treasuring themselves and celebrating themselves. We often forget to celebrate and brag about our successes and our wins, right? It's just, oh, but I've got to get the next thing. Oh, but then if it was in Forbes, then it should have been in medium, entrepreneur. Like if there's always that constantly, it's not never quite enough. So it's, it's an attitude um, that needs to shift and a belief that needs to shift, right? Because so many of my women really feel that love is hard. Um, they feel that they're not good at it. And then on a deeper level, they don't actually feel like soulmate material. And that's because, as I say, it comes back to the over, overachieving is the unworthiness piece. Mm. And so I said, you know, you're right now in all of the masculine and you have the feminine within you, but it's operating at this much. So I, it's like a DJ, I dial up the feminine and it's funny Sigrun, because they'll freak out and go, no, 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 but I've got to be in a boardroom or I've got to run this and I've got to do that. What's going to happen if I start bringing in my feelings? Like this is, this is scaring me, Lucy. I said, oh, you'll get a pay rise promotion. Uh, and that's exactly what happens. And they do it effortlessly. I had a beautiful girl who came to me. She's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, beautiful blonde woman, deeply depressed, but masking it. And she said, well, if I could do anything in a year from now, I'll be CEO of my company. Well, she got that. And along the way, ended up reducing her hours to four days a week, getting paid so much more. Effortlessly, her team, which was male, were all responding to her new energy of deservability. She was barely even asking for these things. And she just kept getting handed all these opportunities because she turned on and activated her magnetism. And what shifted was she started putting her priority and her energy into her deservability and I call it filling up your love tank filling up your heart with your own medicine and so, so when you say deservability yes instead of believing you don't deserve certain things you have to work hard for them yes changing the belief that I deserve 100% it's not just a conversation of you and I just saying oh you know Sigrun you're so deserving and beautiful and you can have the world that doesn't mean anything if I'm saying that to you it's and this is this is what I love about you know the process that I take people through is it's I'm not up here on a pedestal as a coach it's not like you need me I have the process but any one of us when we're held and supported and really seen right like at a real soul level we can go on and create whatever we want. And so I teach people how to really see themselves, to really love. Like when you look in the mirror, it's not just like, oh, look a bit tired today. I'm just putting, wow, I love you. And like feeling that in every cell of your being. Like you start doing that every day and you start saying, I'm so proud of you. I adore you. I'm going to prioritize you. And really, like it's like instead of drinking, well, as well as drinking green juices, drinking your affirmations, feeling those and feeding those to yourself. It is medicine because we don't just ingest food. We ingest thoughts. We ingest words. And so it's really up-leveling your relationship with how you speak to yourself, how you treat yourself. I, I use the analogy of a newborn baby. If a newborn baby's crying, having a tantrum, you don't just go, hey, hey, go sort it out. You're like, what do you need? Come here. Let me soothe you. Let me take care of you. Well, I feel that we can have very conditional relationships with ourselves where when we're doing well, we're like, oh yeah, I'm awesome. But suddenly if we go through a pocket of like not getting what we 
you know, wanted or being rejected, we can actually turn on ourselves and then we start to work even harder. But again, it's coming from lack. So it's mm. really about this. I, I do. I really use the newborn baby because as adults, it's like this is not hard. This is actually something that every one of us can do is just to kind of go, well, what if I really treated myself and checked in every day? What do I need right now? And you might hear something as basic as, oh, my gosh, I've been holding on. I actually need to go to the bathroom. I've been holding on for six hours because I want to get this thing done. So it's this relationship of, you know, really up-leveling how you treat yourself because we literally attract who we are. And if we aren't giving ourselves the rest that we need, the nourishment, the food, the loving thoughts, the tender care that we want from someone else, if we're not giving that to ourselves, and really being able to say, I love and adore myself. How are we supposed to receive that when someone else says it? I remember men used to say it to me and I reject. I was like, what do you mean you love me? It freaked me out. <laughs> I would reject it because I, I didn't have that soulmate relationship with myself. And I was almost in disbelief saying, why do you love me? Like, tell me. Yeah. So that. But it's, it's hard. It's hard, I think, for women who are, you know, successful or, you know, on the path to success. And, you know, they're most of the people listening to this podcast have their own business. So they, they, you know, they, they can feel it. The harder they work, the more success they see. So they're like, yeah, but this logic doesn't work out. If I work less hour, I'm not, I'm going to make less money. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, I love myself, but you know, I failed at this last launch or I didn't send out the email I was planning to self, you know, I'm not doing the things I should be doing my business. And at the same time, I should say, I love myself. Like I'm playing devil's advocate no, I, here, but. I love that you are. And that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because what I'm hearing when you share that, which is really what's going on right now in this moment with many women, I'm sure that are listening. Oh, that's all, all very well, Lucy, but you know, I've got to wear all these hats and I don't even have time for that. The point is you don't have time not to actually start putting yourself first to get quiet because here's the deal. So often these women that I'm talking about in this absolute used to be me, it's so frenetic. It's scattergun energy. It's like trying to reach everyone versus, so it's taking action from the masculine, from do, 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 should, 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 gotta, 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 versus really being still and being connected to the universe, the divine creator, God, or just something else that you know is bigger than you, whatever you believe in. If we're constantly busy, like if you skim a stone into a busy, turbulent ocean, you're not going to see the stone. And this is what happens when we get so frenetic with our careers and it's just this automatic pilot, got to get all this done. And we just take a moment, just 20 minutes of a day to just sit and be. You are going to get the download from the divine and you're actually going to get the inspiration. Go, That's the person I need to reach out to. And that one person is going to be 10 times better than doing all the things that you think that you should be doing. And so my, my, my invitation is for every one of you listening to this to get present to from your email list to the way that you communicate with your list, whether you do whatever it is that you're doing, really ask yourself, does this feel aligned with me? Am I enjoying communicating this way? Am I enjoying doing business this way? Or is there another way? Because if you're not aligned with all of these touch points and all of these KPIs, it's like you're being a slave to your own business and it's not unique to you. It's not signature. And that's why I, it's about getting conscious with the way that you're showing up in your life every day because we spend a lot of time on our business. And if we're not enjoying it and consciously choosing it and we're just doing what we think the trend is, 
Like right now on Instagram, for instance, I'm seeing a certain way that people are doing reels and everything. And I'm like, I could go and do that because I think I should, but actually it's not aligned with me. So I'm just not going to do it. Even if I'm not doing it either. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm doing like the odd reel, just something that, that, that I want to do, but there are certain trends that I just don't do because I'm like, I'm not a puppet. Like, I don't feel like doing that. And so that's what I'm just really inviting you to do is to realize you are so magnificent. Like there is no one like you, right? For every one of you listening to this, it's not a coincidence. And people are wanting you, what you bring, your magic. So that's why it's so important that you're filling yourself up and really operating from your, well, the most optimal heart version of you. So people can feel you. And that's where you're going to get much bigger conversions when you're truly connected to your mission and your purpose and, you know, your why. And you've heard this before. You just can't get it wrong because then the universe starts to come in and it starts opening doors that we couldn't open just by sending out the perfect email sequence, right? It's bigger than that when we start to get into a conversation with, does this feel good for me? Does this feel aligned? Am I excited to send this blah, blah, blah? or to create this new program. I think I've certainly been in that place where I'm hearing all this advice and this is what you've got to do. And if I look back, I wasn't aligned with any of it. It was just cookie cutter stuff. And so of course I wasn't getting traction. And so this, this whole conversation is very much about dropping into the feminine, which is the heart, which is trusting yourself, your instincts, being instinct led and feeling led and when you start doing that it's going to show up everywhere it's going to show up in your business where there's a lot more feminine oozing from you and we need to bring in the same energy where when it comes to relationships that if you really want to have a relationship like this year you're like this is the year then don't just keep doing what you've always done and just think that the universe is going to bring it to you in between your random very few breaks that you have I met my soulmate at the exact time that I was putting up my one woman show where I had zero free time. It was like the most ludicrous time to attract my soulmate. Everyone said, you're crazy. Wait till the show is over. I said, I'm sick of putting this off. I'm 36. I want to meet my soulmate. I want to have a family. And if I keep putting this off, I'm going to miss out because the universe ain't just got this. If I don't have the space energetically and I'm putting everything else before it, and this is like an afterthought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss out. And so that's when I said, right. And I created that space, even just energetically saying, I'm ready right now to receive my soulmate. And he came in right before my show started. I mean, I was even shocked. But the only thing that shifted was I opened up that space where I said, I am actually ready to receive and I'm not going to put anything or anyone or any excuse in the way. It's now. And I declared it mm. and I summonsed it and I demanded it. And I said, this is a non-negotiable. And, and, and as you can hear in the energy, I got into the expectancy of it. I was like, this is happening because I was, I was using that in other areas like career, but I'd never done that with certainty with my love life. Yeah, that's beautiful. So now you have published a book. Yes. Tell me about that. So um, it's just so interesting, Sigrun, how, you know, we're doing this chat right now, you know, two days before my launch. I'm so grateful because uh, it went through a name change. It's gone through different launch dates. And officially this book I'm done is launching into the world. And 
it was a, exactly what I talked about with you. It was actually a download that I got when I was 36 weeks pregnant. We just moved from New York to LA. We hadn't even found our home yet. We were in temporary accommodation. And because I'm tuned into really getting these, you know, these downloads, I got this almost tap on my shoulder. I just felt it. Lucy, it's now. you got to do the book now. And I'm like, are you serious? This doesn't make sense. And this is when you're living in the feminine, things aren't logical and they don't just necessarily make sense. But I knew not to ignore the hunch because this was, you know, this has become my new normal, but I never used to follow through on those hunches. And I went, okay, got it. So my husband and I booked in a hotel at Palm Springs and for eight hours straight, I just, I got the download, didn't even know what I was going to say and just channeled the book into a rev. And the reason I'm sharing that story with you is it's not about waiting to be ready. It's about when you get that, you know what, it's now, let me do this. Just like I did with my soulmate before the show. I was like, it's now, it doesn't make any sense, but let's do this. And I was just so happy that I followed through on that because honestly, I'd be sitting here and I still wouldn't have done it at all. And I just, I let the process be easy. I was like, I'm not going to buy into anyone's stories of books on how hard they are. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this. And what I'll tell you, Sigrun, is I then, I, I downloaded it, sent it off to editors, had my baby girl, parked it for a little sec. Then I came back to it in sort of February of 2020. And every time I went to edit the book and I was in that grind energy, got to get it done, got to get the deadline, I actually paused and stepped away from the book. And I said, Lucy, because, you know, we're all a work in progress. I said, no, we're not putting any of that energy into this book. And I ended up then creating a whole chapter about resting and receiving. And so rest is one of the biggest things that my women that I work with learn. It sounds so basic. But it's been one of my biggest lessons is that, you know, we don't need to wait for permission. We don't need to have done a 75-hour work week to then rest. <laughs> we can rest because we make it a priority and we deserve to rest just because we deserve the rest. And so that I'm just sharing because that is, for my women, one of the biggest shifts that they make is treating themselves with so much more love, respect, and everything in their life starts to take off. So I'm really, really excited uh, for as many women to get their hands on this book because the feedback so far from my clients that have read it, they said, this is not another self-help book. Lucy's going to kick your ass and love on you. And it's a co-creation, right, in this book. And they're saying it's medicine for the soul. It's, it's, it's really something that penetrates very deeply. So I, I don't even, to be honest, I feel like I'm just an advocate for this book. <laughs> Oh my God. And I, you know, would love for those of you that are resonating with this to yeah, come on, come on Wednesday and, and download the book. It's just going to be 99 cents on Kindle. And that's going to help this book get to bestseller so that it can go out into the world and open as many hearts as possible. Because I truly believe that love is the highest currency and it's not something that you need to put off. It's something that it actually, when you choose to let it in, it's just going to amplify everything. And it, 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 you know, that's something that I was missing because I thought I had to get all these things done first. And um, when I really shifted that and said, but what if I let it in now? That's the one thing that I want more than anything. What if I stopped with the excuses and made it the priority? Boom. And it was the best thing that I let in. So, yeah, it's been Beautiful. Really, Beautiful. Fun, really fun to chat with you, Sigrid. 
Lucy, thank you so much. And yes, we are linking the link to the book in the show notes. Go and grab it right away. Whether you are listening to this episode on the release date or later on, yes. go and get the book. I'm done with Lucy. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fabulous to chat with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sigrid. I've had a ball. I recently did my first seven-figure launch, and I would love to tell you all about it and why it worked this time, even though I tried a few times before. I will also talk about many other launches that I've done, and you will learn how you can make your launches great too. Go to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 419, where you will find a link to sign up for this upcoming launch masterclass, plus all the links to Lucy Satyahan. Let me know that you have signed up by sending me a DM on Instagram with the code word launch, and I might have something for you. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. I really appreciate you listening. And if you haven't left a review yet, then I would love if you took the time to go to iTunes, or I think they call it Apple Podcast now, and left a review so other people like yourself can find this podcast. See you in the next episode.